Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I heard about this cat and mouse and they died on the same day and went to heaven. After a few weeks, St. Peter saw the mouse and asked him how he liked it. Oh, it's great, said the mouse, but it's big here. I would like to get some roller skates. They can get around, you know. Peter said, no problem, and got him the skates. A few weeks later, Peter ran into the cat and asked him how he liked it. The cat said, it's fantastic here. And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, I discovered Meals on Wheels. (laughs) Come on. Today I want to give an Easter message because many of you will be away next week. Of course, all the youth are away at Easter camp. I'm looked at, I've, I've seen the, the weather. It looks great this year. So make sure we all pray for Easter camp. Come on, guys. All these youth there, 3,000 or more, uh, are gathered there together this week. Uh, Johnny is actually, our son Jonathan has been honored to do the sound, which is amazing for the first time. And also uh, Marcus, where's Marcus? Are you still in here? He was in the, right there in the back, so you're in the band, in the, in the, in the satellite band. For, so the harmony is making way into the citywide band and the, the thing. You, and he's right, you're right. It's, it's a song that you're doing. Has it been uh, used? Yeah, so he wrote a song for this thing because they also write new songs and it's going to be played. So that's going to be amazing. Come on, give it up for Marcus. I'm so excited about these guys. And uh, by the way, if you want to give some money away, if you haven't given enough away yet, and you just need to be, you know, is that Marcus and our son Jonathan, uh, and actually Mackenzie too, I think, right? Not sure if she's going still. Yeah, they, they are going to the Bethel School of Worship in July. It's a two-week school of worship. And um, it is the best in the world are there, like the Ele- Elevation Band, the Bethel Band, um, Brooke Fraser, Hillsong, Brooke Fraser, Chris Tomlin. Anyway, best in the world. These guys have been amazingly leading us, right, uh, in this way. And they've really kind of gave a new impetus to our worship. And so um, they, they need still a lot of money to get there. It's actually not cheap. So if, if any of you would love to just donate towards them, because it's really part of our mission. I mean, it's easy to give to a missionary who goes to Bangladesh. I get that. But the thing is, though, these guys make it happen that we are here served in worship so well every week, and they're giving their lives to this. And I want to really say, guys, if we can support these, these beautiful young people, then I would really commend them to you. In Jesus' name. And let's just thank them because they're just amazing people. Bless you guys. Thank you, Jonathan, Marcus, uh, Mackenzie, uh, whatever you are. Anyway, so many are away next week at Easter camp. So we're uh, this week at Easter camp. So we just want to do an Easter message for you as we go into this Passion Week. And I just want to really share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I love sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's nothing better than the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And there's nothing better like Easter. Easter is the core message of of Christianity. And I love talking about the core issue of Christianity. Now, upcoming this Good Friday, we celebrate Good Friday. And we remember that Jesus suffered and that he died for the sin of the world. He gave his life, his blood flowed, his body was broken for us. It It was a good day. But then on Sunday, three days later, we celebrate that's a great day. It's a great day. It is Resurrection Day. And now we're going to celebrate that Jesus rose from the grave. He overcame death, you know. And it's just amazing what he has done for us. What he said, it is finished. You know, it's finished. Wonderful. Now, by the way, um, you're a bit quiet this morning. Um, 
Can you please be with me? I know I feel so lonely uh, up here. So please just be with me and kind of, you know, if you really like the gospel, you like the Lord, and you like what I'm saying, then please just be with me and we do this together. Amen? Amen. The Easter event is so important. It even celebrates, you know, the whole calendar thing, the whole thing between BC and AD. Come on. We're right now in, uh, what is it, 2019. Uh, AD, the calendar has shifted humanity for once for all, once for all, 2,000 years ago. And it brought us in a brand new place. But the thing is, though, many people don't even know, and people out there, you know, many of you know, don't know that we've been brought into an amazing place. Now, two very fundamental but very powerful things happen sequentially. One was on Good Friday, and one was on Resurrection Sunday. It was the death of something. So something came to an end. Something was obliterated. And then something was made new. Something came into creation. Something was made alive, right? Now Jesus, for these two days, on the Friday, he came to destroy something, right? And on the resurrection, he came to make something alive. So what did he destroy on Good Friday? That's a question, not rhetorical. What did he come to destroy on Friday? Sin, death, the curse of God, he came to destroy it. What did he do on Resurrection Sunday? Hey, what? He brought new life. He brought new life to everyone who says yes to Jesus Christ. That was always the goal. Always the goal was to have the Zoe, which is the eternal life of God, actually the God life, was to be implanted into people's lives. So on Good Friday, he destroyed sin in his body. On Good Friday, he forgave us. He canceled every debt that we owe. There's nothing now that we can be accused of. He took our penalty, right? Because what it says in the Bible is that nobody is perfect. The Bible says that, that every one of us are short of some glory. They're short of some perfection. We just don't have it. We're all messed up in our lives. We've all gone our different ways. We've all walked away from God. We've all done stup- stupid stuff in our lives. There's all kinds of stuff. But here's the gospel. That God, in His love, in His mercy, in His grace, He's done something about the imperfection. He's done something about the curse. He's done something about the problem. He's done something about this virus. What has he done? The whole thing he put on Jesus. God the Father put the whole lot on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was absolutely perfect. The whole lot he put on Jesus Christ. I love this verse and I talk about it on a regular basis. You should know it by heart too. I hope you can do it even without looking at the screen. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we may become the righteousness of God. Let's say it all together. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The most beautiful verse, in my opinion, in the Bible. I love this in the Passion Translation. Look at this. For God made the only one who did not know sin. Isn't that beautiful? To become sin for us that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. What an incredible divine exchange that we see here on the cross which is we are celebrating this 
at this Easter, this Easter week, and of course, next weekend. It's so wonderful. I'll read this to you. All of our sins were left there. All our guilt was removed and forever gone. And we walked away with all of God's righteousness. We, what a bliss is ours. Every believer today possesses the perfect and complete righteousness of Christ. And we've seen from our Heavenly Father to have the same righteousness as His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, that is good news. That is good news. That gets you out of bed in the morning, right? I mean, this is amazing. Good news like this. Now, Jesus, God's Son, who knew no sin, He becomes sin for us. Wow, what an amazing thing. He becomes what we were. He becomes what we were. And we become what He is. For a moment, He wasn't. That's for us. But He's perfect and beautiful and holy and righteous. He became like us so we can become like him. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. And I'll tell you a bit more as I go along. You've got to be excited about this because this is the message that you proclaim to the world out there. It's not just a message for you. Many of you already know this message. But the thing is, though, I want you to be powerful with sharing this message to the ones who don't know this message. There's so many different things going around. Falau, I mean, silly, that kind of stuff, you know. Why do you do that kind of stuff? You know, is it true? Yes, it is true. But the thing is, though, you don't say it like this. It is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. You love people, the goodness of God. They already know they're sinners. They need to know that God loves them. And actually, that God actually did something about their sin. That God actually has a hope and a purpose for their lives. And that's why this message is more important than ever before. Right now? So Jesus receives the free gift of sin from the Father... So that he can give us the free gift of sinlessness, of righteousness. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, what religion has this? No religion has this. Only Christianity has this incredible truth. It is so powerful. So Jesus obliterates sin in his body and forgives us our sin. He cancels every debt we owe. Look at this, Colossians 2. You don't mind some scripture. Why do I love scripture? So I'm going to just fire scripture to you. He has forgiven all our sins, canceled every debt we owe. Christ has done away with it by nailing it on the cross. Now, I don't know how much more clear you can become. This is so clear like this. All our sins are gone. Total forgiveness is ours. If you're a Christian, canceled every debt. You are debt free. Tell your neighbor, you are debt free. And tell your other neighbor, do you really believe that? <laughs> you are debt free. He has moved our sinfulness as far as the east is from the west. That means they never will meet ever again. And this is the gospel. This is powerful. That is the good news of Good Friday. Good Friday is a good day. Because Jesus forgave us, make us holy. It's beautiful. Romans 5.1. Therefore... Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. It's the most beautiful thing. The word justified is a beautiful word. Justified and righteousness come from the same Greek word. The same Greek word is dikaios. And dikaios means much more than forgiveness. Friday is not just about forgiveness. Friday is a declaration of innocence. That's what it's called. It's justification, just as if you have never sinned. Not that you are a forgiven sinner, 
You are not a forgiven. If you're a Christian, many of you know this. I'm just repeating this because some of you don't even know how to share this gospel with other people. Where people, when you are a Christian, you are not a forgiven sinner. Twelve. Right? You are not a forgiven sinner. You were, we're all, right? We're sinful at one day. And then when we say yes to Jesus, there was one moment that you went from a sinner to a saint. That moment you are a forgiven sinner. Right? But then you move into the God life and you become a saint. You are not a forgiven sinner. Forgiven sin is really bad connotation. One time I'll, I'll, I'll give my, my talk, which I love most, which is my living from innocence, which is, touches on this whole thing. It is not like you go out of a court situation and that you walk out a forgiven sinner. <clears throat> yes, you did that stuff. You murdered that person. You had an adulterous affair. Yes, you did that. But now God has forgiven you. No, that is not biblical forgiveness. That is not justification. Justification is you walk out of that court case because you were not even there. There's no guilt. There's nothing there. You were not even in the room when that stuff happened that they tell you about. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it never happened. Yeah. But how does that work? But that's how God treats you, as if it never happened. So many people need to know about this lovely God who loves them. And whatever has happened, God treats it as it was never happened in Christ. And so when they receive Christ, it never happened. Man, you're hard work today. <laughs> so beautiful. New covenant righteousness is a declaration of innocence. You will be innocent now forever. Now, the problem is that we have is that we say, yeah, but what about the thoughts? I know. I get the thoughts too. The thing is, though, you have to understand that God is spirit. He deals with you in the spirit, not in the body, not in your thoughts. Right? I mean, he deals with the thoughts, but the thing is, though, that's not what he, what, he, what he treats you like. He treats you as a son, which is a spirit, which is a newborn creation, which is perfect, cannot sin. So this part in you that cannot sin, that's what he treats you. That's why the death is canceled. It's all gone. Do we sin in our mind and stuff? Of course we do. But he doesn't treat us that way. He doesn't talk about this. Do we have to align ourselves to our, to our born-again spirit? Absolutely. Take captive every thought that doesn't belong in your life and say, Lord, I give this to you. Lord, I'm sorry. This is yours. I, I don't want to have this kind of stuff. And more and more and more, your spirit, your born-again spirit, will come more and more like your soul, more and more and more like this. Until you get more and more more and more. It's wonderful. But you need to know that you live from your spirit so important. For God is satisfied to have all this fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocent again. If you are a Christian, you have been restored to, inno to innocent again before Adam ever sinned. The way God created you, beautiful, perfect, righteous, holy, everything. Now, if you don't feel that, then you need to listen to me. Because then you're lying to yourself. You need to know this because this is the power in your life to overcome things that don't belong in your life. I'm not talking about your born-again spirit. Nothing can touch that. I'm talking about the stuff, the thoughts, the feelings, the stuff that just don't belong in your life anymore. You know what I love about the whole gospel is that we've had an amazing name change. It's been a name change. I love this thing. So here's Gideon. And in my life, I had all this imperfection. I had abuse in my life. I had, I've been angry. I've been, um, you know, um, well, not, not that many things, is it? <laughs> I was starting to think of it. It's not actually that bad, really. 
no, no. All these bad things in my life, all these things, you know, that I've done in my life, right? And I think, oh, man, you know, all under my name. And here's the name of Jesus. Here's the Son of God, Jesus. He never sinned. He knew no sin, never sinned, right? He was perfect, holy, righteous God himself. It's just absolutely amazing. And now what he does, he changes the name. He turns this thing around. He swaps this thing. And now he puts his name above my name. And my name above his thing. And so now for a moment, he becomes this for me, sinful, curse, all this kind of stuff for us. So that he can be the perfect lamb of God, sacrificed for us, for a moment only. But we become this thing here. We receive this thing. Everything that Jesus is, is ours now. Now that is amazing. There's not just a little bit fun and a little bit holy, a little bit righteous. It is absolutely stunning. Now the world needs to know this. You need to know this. I need to know this. Because this is the place that we live from. And this was God's purpose already before the creation of the world. It says here in Ephesians 1, 4, God saw, saw us in Christ before the creation of the world as holy and blameless in his sight. The thing is we were always meant to look like Jesus. Our sons and daughters in God, we were always meant to look like Jesus. There was always our destiny. This is the message of Easter. It was always a destiny to look like Jesus. And you know, you may look at yourself and say, man, I don't look like Jesus at all. If you're born again, I'm really sorry. I've got some good news for you. You actually look like Jesus in your born again spirit. Now, where do you experience it? Where do you acknowledge it? Where do you live from it? It's another story, right? But the thing is that you are that you are. Now, I suggest you start believing it, receiving it, start living in it. Because it actually makes your life very powerful, very glorious, and very fun. If you don't have fun in your life, then you don't live from that place of fun. I tell you, this message will, will deal with your depression, with your addiction, with your whatever, all the questions in life. Otherwise, you denigrate God. You're not as powerful. No, he's very powerful. It's just we often don't let him because we're so stubborn. The cat is, yeah, very stomach. <laughs> it was not in my notes, by the way. Anyway, so that's the wonderful thing about Easter. It is so beautiful that on Easter, Good Friday, it's a good day. Not a great day. It's a good day. Because what happened on it, Jesus took our sin. He gave us a name change. And all this kind of stuff is declared over our life. Absolutely wonderful. Absolutely glorious. But the gospel is so much more and so much better than that. Many people, many Christians even, go and that's where it ends. It doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. Right? Because what happens otherwise, I mean, forgiveness, righteousness, to be declared righteous is wonderful, although we know what we really would like, right? And so, but we declare holy and right is absolutely wonderful. But the problem is we can be, be forgiven dead people. Because you're still dead. He's forgiven you, but you're still dead. Christianity is that you need to be made alive. You need a new spirit. You need to be born again by God himself. It is a completely new deal. And the goal, today's Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode on his donkey, you know, on his donkey towards Jerusalem right now. He's going to go to Calvary, right? 
okay, Calvary, Good Friday was not his purpose. It was part of it, but it's not his full goal, right? He has to go through that because he's got to make us righteous, right? He's got to declare only the blood of Christ, only the blood can forgive sin. So he goes to Good Friday, why? He goes to the cross, he goes to the grave, takes all our shame and I was going to use another name, but I'm not allowed to use it anymore. So I'm, I was going to use all that stuff of our lives into the grave. He rises, raises victorious, and leaves all our stuff down there. Right? And that's why he can forgive us. And that's why the Holy Spirit can come into our lives. He would never come into an unholy person. That's why you are now holy. I know you have your thoughts. But this is a way of processing stuff. That's the way of, of getting better and better, more and more like glory, all this kind of stuff. That is not done. God's not judging you on that. He will disciple you on that. He will discipline you on that. Get you into line. But that's not what he works with you. He works with you with the new spirit. What the goal was, was you to become a new creation. The goal always was, Zoe, eternal life. That's why the gospel has to be and is that God wants to give you his life. That's it. But the only way he did it was the son had to first deal with the sin issue, which he did. Done. I think he said it was finished or something, right? Well, this is God speaking. This is God speaking. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to be, you know. But this, you got to stay with me because so many people stop at, at Good Friday. God Friday is not the goal. It is the bump in the road that Jesus had to deal with, right? The sin of the world. He carries it. It's gone. It's done. Now you live in the new life when he's resurrected. That life he is after. He wants every person in, on this globe to have his life. What is Christianity, sir? I don't know. God wants to give you his life. Wow, that sounds amazing. Of course it's amazing. It's God. He is amazing. He wants to give you his life. Man, you're so excited. Hard to work with this morning. Are you, are you excited about this? Well, a date you'll always, always lives. Date you'll, it, must, it must be South African. It must, it must be South African, you know. It must be like this, you know. The thing is, though, every person needs a heart transplant. There is no other way. You need to have a DNA transfer. That old DNA, the sinful DNA, the sinful nature has to be taken out. That's why baptism is a wonderful explanation and a public declaration of what already has happened in your spirit. Because you're born, your old spirit died and was buried with Christ. And now you live to new life. It says here in Romans, um, somewhere... Romans 6, 4, it says then that we may be resurrected in life to a new life. Ephesians 2, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Please say it together. Made us alive with Christ. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. He made you alive with Christ. Even we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. He did it for you. And as God raised you up with Christ and seated us in heavenly places. When he was crucified, you were crucified. When he died, you died. When he rose, you rose. 
when he ascended, you ascended. When he was seated in heavenly places, you are sitting there right now in heavenly places with him. Now, where do you hear this? That is the gospel. I mean, you got to be better. You can't just smoking and drugs. and Of course, you got to stop drugs and those kind of things because it kills you. But the gospel is not about behavior. Why do we always make it about behavior? Do this, don't do this, be that, don't be that. Don't do it. That will come. If the new nature is implanted in you, what do you think happens? you got a whole new hard drive in there. So it's like, wow, I don't even swear anymore. Although I still do sometimes. But in Holland, there's no swearing. But okay, here it is. So it's different, you know. <laughs> Culture, cultural, cultural nuances, <laughs> cultural nuances, you know. Anyway, so the thing is, you get this brand new hard drive. Now, what I suggest you do is you start living from the spirit, which is this beautiful river behind your belly button, which I always talk about because I still meet Christians who still don't jump in that river and live from that river. It's the only way to live because everything in heaven is right there. It's not just a place somewhere. It's right here. It's where God is. It's the spirit world. And you're born again of your spirit that is right here is heaven. This umbilical cord right here. Whoa. God wants to stir up the stuff in your life. So powerful. Smith Wigglesworth said, Smith Wigglesworth, it's so hard for me, Wigglesworth said, my inside is a thousand times bigger than my outside. See, we're looking at the flesh. Who do you think Gideon who do you think he is? Well, it's true, isn't it? And this flesh kind of perishes away, really. But the, the inside is being renewed day by day, right? That's the scripture. I mean, our, our outward is getting older, you know, and you kind of, then they, they just, I was going to use another word. Uh, you stop living. And, and the thing is, though, that's, that's what happens. We get older, and that's the purpose. But the thing is, though, our spirit is not tired. It's beautiful. If you could see your spirit like just like this Superman. But we just don't think that way because we've not been conditioned that way. We're in this kind of behaviorism nonsense that somehow the devil got us into and religiosity got us into and we've got to get out of it as soon as we can, please. So on Good Friday, Jesus deals with sin. He gives us a name change, and it's absolutely beautiful. We go from sinners to become saints. We have the righteousness of Christ, which is absolutely wonderful. It's a good day, but it's not a great day. Resurrection Sunday is a great day because what happens is that it's not just a name change, but the key thing of the gospel is that it's a nature change. It has to be a nature from the inside out. You've got to change from the inside out. I know I'm talking to most of the gospel here, but the thing is though, you know, to the choir, but it's so important that you know this and that you understand this. Are you still happy? Well, this should make you more happy. This makes you more happy. Come on. See, heaven and eternal life is not, is not a place. Although God will bring us to a place in the heaven and send the new Jerusalem. And all have a mansion and all this kind of stuff. That's, of course, going to happen. But the Bible says that knowing God is eternal life. It's actually stepping into the eternal life of God himself because he is eternal life. And so when you step into him, you step into Jesus, you step into eternal life. Whether you die, when you're alive right now in your body, or you are stepping into eternal life. Don't believe me? This is what it says here, John 17. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Well, it can't be more clear, can it? Do you know him? That's awesome. Some of you may not know him. You've got to get to know him. He's like amazing. 
This is amazing. Paul says this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Come on. I want to know Christ. And Jesus says himself, this is what he said. We, we, we use it at every funeral because it's so important. This says, I am the resurrection and the life. And those who live, believe in me, will live, even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. <laughs> yes! You will never die. If you get hit by a bus, your body dies, but you don't die. You'll be straight with glory, straight with Jesus. It's wonderful. You know, Karen over here, I don't know if Karen's left already. Karen, is still here? Right here. I mean, Karen, I just love you. You're so wonderful, what, you, what God has done in your life. But Karen's dad became a Christian a week ago, and then he died two days ago. And she says, I still want to get baptized because this is so important. But he is in heaven. He became a Christian. He was 93? Oh, 78. Okay. Well, I, get, I get confused. There's so many people that we talk. Okay. So, 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 but he's in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? His body is dead. But his spirit is alive. And there's a cloud of witnesses right now. And some of your family members, I, I hear stories all the time of people who had little kids, you know, they die. And they have even, even with, um, even abortion, by the way. And, and then they meet their kid. Can you imagine they aborted the kid? And then they meet through this vision or something. They meet. It's Annabelle. It's the one you aborted. Wow. It's in heaven, you know. I mean, come on. It's reality. This is eternal life. This is, we're not playing games here, are we? This is flesh here, but we are spirit. God is spirit. So wonderful. Life is eternal. You are a spirit. And you're either going to be with God forever, or you're not going to be God forever. They call it hell, but it, don't, don't, don't preach too much hell because it's even a negative thing. But it's true. It's a place that was actually made for the devil and his angels. It was never made for people. But God's got to be just. He gave his son. He gave himself. What more can he do? If you believe in him, you will never face a Christless eternity. But guys, that is serious too. Because the people walking down the street right now, they may face that. And they will face it if they don't know Christ. And so this will stir our mission. We are in serious business here. We've got to get people saved. Right? Every church. Every person. Go and get people saved. Because Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. Amen? So it's wonderful that death has been followed up in victory. What it says 1 Corinthians, almost finished. 15, 54. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where or death is your victory? Where or death is your sting? This is wonderful, isn't it? What a great gospel we have, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not, come in, God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save him. Jesus was condemned for us. People don't even know that the ministry of reconciliation that we have, it says in Corinthians, the ministry of reconciliation is what? That God is not counting men's sins against him. Oh, that's a bit nice there. That's a bit nice, God. How can you do that? It's because of Jesus. Maybe you have made this whole sacrifice of Jesus a bit small. He took away the sin of the world. Now, we're not talking about universalism because every person has got to be born again, has got to say yes to Jesus. And you can't, he can't come into your life until you say yes to Jesus. But when you are born again, then it's all good. Amen? Amen. 
It's all good. Wow. God made us for eternity. We are hardwired this way. We are made, made for a relationship with God. And through Jesus Christ, we get into that relationship. And then the Holy Spirit comes into your life. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that destroys sin and death, the same power that brings life and hope can go and flood into your life. And if you're a Christian, it is in your life already. It is so incredibly powerful. It says here, how incredibly great is his power to help those who believe in him. The same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I don't know how you can live without the power of God. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is the one to help us to stop addictions. Is the one who helps us to get out of, out of depression. Is the one who helps us to deal with our trauma. Is the one who helps us to, to live generously. Not just financially, but generally with your life, with your smile, with your attitude, with your love. That's the one who helps you to love enemies. It's not you. You can't do that. Christianity is impossible without the Holy Spirit. And that's why he puts the Holy Spirit. That's why it's Easter and 50 days later it's Pentecost. Because Jesus said, don't go anywhere. I'm going to send you out, but don't go anywhere. You'll make a mess. They'll make a mess anyway. You're with the Spirit to make a mess. You know? Don't go anywhere. Wait for the empowerment. Oh! And then the empowerment comes. Because now you can see the the, the lame walk, and you can see the healing. Now you can love your wife like I need. I want you to love your wife. Now you can love your children. Now you can just deal with the boss that you hate or whatever, you know. Now you can love him, even though he does really bad things to you or whatever. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. It releases miracles. It releases the kingdom of God. It's only the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to live like Jesus. Actually, the Holy Spirit make you, made you like Jesus, right, in, the, in your spirit. And then the only way for you to live with your brains and your emotions and all your stuff is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is in the spirit. He gives you the mind of Christ. Very powerful. We're called to live from that place. We want to celebrate um, Easter right now. Because today, communion, I take communion every day, as you know, for the last two and a half years, I've taken communion every day, not one day, I miss it. I miss it. I wouldn't miss it for the world, because every day is with Jesus, number one. But the thing is, though, today we do this, and of course now, more than any time, because these are the elements of Easter. Celebration, right? And so we, we celebrate his beautiful body that was broken for us. His body was smashed. This is the God of the universe. The word became flesh. Perfect. Smashed, beaten, couldn't even recognize him. This is God. This is love personified. There's no one more beautiful, more glorious than him. But that's how far he went because he loves you and me. It's just incredible. I don't know, there's no other love. Such love. And we celebrate that bread, that life that came to us. Amen? But also when he was crucified and his body was just broken, it says in Isaiah that by his stripes... We are healed. And so something was released when he was beaten up and hurt into the world that we can receive the substance of healing, the opposite of what he received. And then the cup, his blood poured out. Only blood can forgive, as you know. There's only forgiveness in blood, so blood had to flow. And this was the Son of God because he had to actually take away the sin of the whole world. 
I'll tell you one scripture here at the end before we do this because this is absolutely beautiful. Colossians 2, look at this. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death. You can read the whole story in your own time. Never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. Now look at this. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. There is no record. <laughs> You're so serious, guys. There's no record. And the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. I feel like doing a drum solo. Guys, he erased it all. Now, I can't put it on my Facebook today. I'm going to do it next Sunday. He erased it all. I'm going to put it on next Sunday. He erased it all. Not just up to now. Forever. Past, present, future. Forever. All the sins that he gave was in the future anyway. Remember? He gave his life. He erased it all. What? 2,000 years to go. Raised it all. Crazy, man. This is absolutely crazy. But look at this. Look, erase it all. Our sins are stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. I don't know if you have your computer. I sometimes do it. You know, you do a custom document and then you push the wrong button. It says delete. I can't find I got the whole thing again, you know. But that's because it's deleted. It's gone. Jesus Christ deleted it all. He went to all of humanity. I gotta, you gotta show, you gotta see this. Our sins. He deleted it all. They cannot be everything we once were in Adam. Look at this. Has been placed onto His cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. So what He did, everything that was in first Adam, it was Adam and Eve who sinned, right? The virus came into the world, separation from God. Jesus brings us back into God, right? All that stuff. All the stuff of first Adam, this last Adam, Jesus got all of it. He takes like this, uh, on the cross. That's it. It's gone. It's gone. That's why we have the reconciliation, so the ministry of reconciliation, that God is not counting man's sins against them. You don't go to other people and say, man, you're such a sinner. They know they are away from God. They know they are sinners. It is not for that. It is the goodness of God that leads them to change their mind and repent. So tell them how much God loves them. Tell them about He took all their stuff. I said it almost again. You know, all their stuff on the cross. It's unbelievable, I know. But that's why it's called grace. It's amazing. And so we celebrate communion. I do it every morning because I'm just so grateful. Often I cry. I say, Lord, I just can't believe how amazing you are. My first meal with you every day is to be with you. I want my first affection not to be my wife, not my dog, although my dog does sleep in the bed and comes to me straight away. And I guess I do, I, I do pet it a little bit, I'll be honest with you. Like, um, and a wife, a little bit. You know. <laughs> but it's not my primary goal. The first thing I go is downstairs. And I go and I take the bread and I take the cup. And often I go outside and I say, Jesus, you made another day. Another day I can be alive. Another day I can live in your grace. I need all your grace, all your energy, all your divine appointments, all your supernatural glory today to live today for me. But above it all, I want to say this, how much I love you. I just love you so much. I just love who you are and what you've done for me. And I celebrate it.